Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now, here's Pastor Rafael. We're going to reap what we've sown. His light shines on our darkness But what really troubles me Is what the seed may be When it has grown Cover up your deeds Thank you for tuning in today to our uh, special stream we are doing for those of you and those who may not know of uh, the Gladstone community there in Cincinnati, specifically in, in, um, in those, right around there in the eastern suburbs there, just over the border there. Um, those who are aware of this community and who are part of it, perhaps, are aware that it, 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 it sets a very high bar for itself when it claims to be, you know, possibly the only exclusive expression of, of true Christian faith uh, under the sun. Uh, and because of its nature, because it's a, uh, a, a group that's based around living together 24-7 in community, uh, people have got to know one another. There's, a, there's an extra a sense of connection there that, um, that goes on. And uh, it's in that connection as they've sought to live out their faith and practice what they believe is, is a, uh, uh, a true sense of um, belonging. And, and uh, it's, it's in the middle of all of that that we've really had to look into deeply. And we've been doing it here on, on Spirit Watch Ministries for the past year or so. Um, we had a a, 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 mem a former member of the community. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't a former member. It was, it was a friend of a former member who contacted us and first made us aware of that. And as our ministry is devoted to to helping uh, people uh, become aware of spiritually deceptive groups and spiritually uh, controversial ones, um, we and we were just finishing up our our documentary work with HBO on Remnant Fellowship and Gwen Chamberlain's Way Down workshop called The Way Down. We were just finishing it up when we first heard about this. So uh, our antennae were already up, We and we've been doing this sort of work for over 20 years anyway. So um, 
we we started reading and studying and speaking to people about it and it turns out that um gladstone is not what it makes itself out to be uh it tries to come off as just a simple form of enthusiastic 20th century uh christian faith um trying to act like the first church where people live together and and, and work together and it it's really an amazing, astonishing experiment of how people can do that these days. And I think it's, it's also a, a sign of the fact that uh, people increasingly feel very disconnected and, and, and they want to feel connected. They want the connection. They want the reality that, um, that the Christian faith should bring to them about how to, how to do that, how to live, how to, how to work together, and, and most of all, how to know about living for God. And sadly, we've learned over the past year or so that um, all the forms, all the look, all the uh, the mask behind uh, or in front of Gladstone certainly uh, makes it seem as if uh, it is all of that in a bag of uh, Christian chips. I mean, it's led by Zach Kaczynski, a young man who uh, whose energy and dynamism have powered this this community uh from from the get-go and uh, and i appreciate the fact that two former members of this community jeremiah and christy are with me here this morning uh to discuss what's been going on uh in that year in the past year or so in which uh we've really focused our attention on and we began pod podcasting and blogging a little bit about it and nowhere near what we wanted to because along the way as we were starting to get involved with uh with uh, Gladstone's uh, presence, uh, we got involved with another little place called Zenos, the Zenos Christian Fellowship in Columbus, which uh, got re- got us really, really involved in an expose there and, and doing what we can there. So, but I told everyone in Gladstone when I first heard about this, everyone who's contacted us, uh, everyone in Gladstone, but those who've contacted us about Gladstone, uh, I said, "Listen, I'm, we're going to come around. We're going to start addressing this more." And so, and so this. This podcast, I mean, this stream is an attempt to do that. And uh, so, again, I want to welcome Jeremiah and Christy. They uh, are going to be driving this discussion. And, uh, and I'm just going to ask questions. We just we really want to get a feel for uh, for where, where Gladstone really is. I mean, we know it represents itself as a church, a dynamic church of community where people live together and, and work together 24-7 and have businesses and reach out and, and, and to the community and try to provide all kinds of good things where people can come together and have close relationships where people live and, 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 uh, and, and get together every day. And uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord. So uh, that's always sounded like a great thing. I mean, I mean, and it's a great ideal but as they say, that not all that glitters is gold. And uh, we've discovered a tremendous amount of darkness behind what they do. Um, they may preach and teach flawless doctrine. But Jeremiah and Christy, uh, there's more to life than, Christian, than flawless doctrine, isn't there? I mean, when you, you can teach people to, to love God, love others, and then, but, then treat, but then make everybody turn on one another uh, and, and make them become literal spies of one another and, and be able to submit people to horrible abuses in the name of Jesus. That's going a little far off the mark, I think. Uh, I think you guys would agree. 
Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Right. So as a result of that, uh, there has been, I think, it, the, the inception of, of, the, of the movement was way back in 2004, 2003, when it really began launching. Uh, and ever since then, uh, it developed into a Bible study and the Bible study exploded in growth as people, young people came from all over Cincinnati to be there and from out of churches and ministries, uh, ministries, parachurch ministries would send people uh, to uh, Gladstone to be ministered to. And it all looked just so great. Uh, but maybe you can tell us about what some of the threadbare stuff that's going on. I mean, what, what, what was, uh, what was really the subtext there to what was going on? How did, uh, how did community really, really uh, become extreme? Because it, because we've heard and, and you've confirmed over and over how it has, it has basically hidden itself uh, away from, from scrutiny by engaging in, very abusive and manipulative practices of people. I mean, that's what you've seen, and uh, and 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 you've you've beheld that. And uh, maybe some, maybe you can maybe perhaps share to the fact that uh, this is the reality there. I mean, you guys were very deeply involved with it. I know you loved, it. you committed to it, uh, but you had to leave, and and for what reasons? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It started off, as you've said, um, I think, with such good in intentions. Um, but, you know, as the saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's that saying holds true for for the community. Um, you know, I, I, I was so attracted to. Uh, the lifestyle and I was passionate about the pursuit of Jesus and you know I attended one of their services and the worship was powerful and everyone was on fire for God and it was very attractive to me as as a young person uh, trying to find out who I was who I was in life and wanted to find meaning and purpose you know and I think most of the people who have joined joined for similar reasons uh, saw the same things that I did and you know similarly were looking you know for purpose in their life and um, got got sucked in and then you know slowly over time it turns uh, the focus shifts from, the pursuit of Jesus to fitting into the community mold, um, which is directed in, in large part, if not entirely, by Zach and his, you know, elders. Right. So I, I think ultimately um, the reason many of us have left is the abuse of power. And not to mention the other kinds of spiritual and mental and emotional abuse that everyone has has talked about. But you know, as as a human made made by God with free will, mm -hmm. to have so much of your will 
taken from you and turned over to other leaders is is not the the godly pattern and right it was it's entirely unhealthy and you know that's i think a, the main reason right. why most people leave <laughs> right exactly right and, yet, and that's the thing you know I've, having been involved in outreaches to people in, in cultic movements since 1983 1984 is when i really got started that's a long time to be having your ear to the ground and listening and watching what's going on. And what's going on in Gladstone is no different than what goes on in any other cult, classical cultic movement throughout history, throughout time. Yeah. Uh, go all the way back to the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 20, where the, the apostle Paul warned his Ephesian elders as he was leaving and going to Rome uh, for the great conflict there, he warned them. He says, I've cried, I've wept, I've I've told you for three years that that, that you need to be beware of things coming up. There's going to be men from right among you who are going to try to take away and steal away disciples after themselves. That ultimately is what is what happens in places like Cults, and it's no different than Gladstone. Uh, 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 Zach has created a, a cadre of leaders who've also persuaded a lot of young men and women to become the disciples, not of Christ, but of Zach's abusive example. Right, and, um, and I think that most people will agree that it's very subtle. Um, when we're in there, it doesn't really seem seem like that and i think that a lot of people that have either left or friends and family members um in the first year at least they'll say i listened to the podcast and that wasn't my experience um i didn't witness what you're talking about um some people um and it really takes a a, a, a quite a long time um months if not at least a year um to really start seeing um with with fresh eyes what was really going on um i mean there's just the other night in prayer group um thursday night i'm something that was my my normal um and everybody was like what that's not normal um and i was i was still shocked you know that it, it was a little thing like, um, and I knew it and everybody's seen it that, you know, Zach jokingly, I guess, um, he'll hold out his left hand for women to kiss the ring and sort of bow. And, um, you know, I'd seen it multiple times in community. Um, I thought it was weird. I thought it was honestly, I just thought it was some part of a gaming culture that I didn't understand. And I just would go on with life. Um, but then when we add all those things together, um, it start and, and things that we've learned um, about Zach throughout his late teens and to now, it sort of fits. And it was like, it was kind of shocking to hear everybody's response or like, you know, he drives down the road and acts like he's got an air machine gun blowing people up on the streets um, or even a pistol um that was normal i know a lot of people uh, especially women in leadership would like roll their eyes like seriously zach um and i thought it was 
I thought it was weird to have a pastor do that. Um, mm. But it was something I didn't really like. It didn't register as like a red flag. Um, but then to look at it, honestly, there's there's people in community that have been a part of the gang culture that have, have um, lost family members or friends to drive-by shootings or, you know, different things like that. Um, it's not funny. It's just not funny. <laughs> right. But we all kind of laughed or chuckled or like rolled our eyes, but then went on. But I don't remember ever having the impulse to say, Zach, this is weird and you need to stop. Yeah, I have to do some engineering in the background. So please continue. I'll be right back. Okay. Jeremiah, was that still going on when you were there? Yeah, well, I I was kind of chuckling about it because, um, yeah, I mean, he was always doing goofy role-playing uh, type stuff, but that's the way I would have described it. But it is weird. And it is something that, you know, maybe, you know, the pastor of a church shouldn't be doing, you know, maybe there should be a line there <laughs> and, you know, some maturity. Um, but especially when I was in my, you know, early 20s, seeing that in a pastor, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like he's down to earth. <laughs> okay. He's fun. He's playful, you know. Um, but certainly now, you know, growing older and knowing that that hasn't changed, like he's literally not changed at all. It's kind of concerning, <laughs> don't you think? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely concerning. And also um, just learning more. Um, I know that Jeremiah, you might have had the same experience of with people that have grown up with Zach. Um, and learning more about his background and the progression of this, um, it sort it 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 sort of fits um, a lot of her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and we're not here to criticize Zach unduly. We're not here to fault anybody for having their own little quirky things. Right. But yeah, one of the quirkiest things, if you want, or edgy things that you might want to try to get your head around is the fact that Zach could so easily implement uh, this really, really incredible system of control, of oppression, of uh, manipulation, using the Christian faith, using scripture, using uh, spiritual threats of hell and damnation, if you didn't do what he wanted to, things that had nothing to do with deciding according to scripture, whether you go to hell or heaven or not. That's one little quirky thing that no pastor should be involved with, but that's been the program of Gladstone. Yeah. That's something that a lot of people there have just accepted just the same way you've, you've just mentioned this. Now they accept that it's okay for people to chew you out hideously. I think one of the things that I remember, it may have been you, Jeremiah, or someone else I spoke with about how it was, it seemed to be a like a popular cultural touchstone in Gladstone for at 
to, to expect at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as you interacted with people, as you lived with people, as you ate with people, as you, as you did, did things with them, to expect to be criticized, verbally pistol whipped, pulled aside and being told that, 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 you know, you're, you're missing God and because you, because you didn't give enough money. Uh, you failing the community uh, by by talking to someone you shouldn't be, or or listening to this podcast, or, or or anything else like that. It's as if that's a normal thing, and and pretty soon people just realize, well, it's okay for someone yelling at me. You gotta die. You got you gotta yell. You got you gotta die to yourself and just do what I tell you. Shut and up Bible, and die. Yes, exactly. You got yeah. you guys know yeah. about that. So those are just normal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, in Gladstone. I, I mean, it's like I had memories popping in my mind as you were talking, saying that because it was so normal that it would happen at the breakfast table, the dinner table, Constantly. over lunch. Uh, I mean, yeah, at any point. And you're, you're taught that feeling attacked is sinful feeling any kind of negative feeling you know if you're you know taking the criticism and you disagree that's you know your pride your ego so there's no way around it you have to accept all criticism and it's taught as healthy and good and if you don't feel like it's good then you're a sinner <laughs> right. and it's like so it's so incentivized you know and it happens to you so much then you start looking for reasons to criticize other people and pull them aside and you know it and it feel you know it feels powerful to do something like that see right. this is what's wrong with you i'm gonna tell you i know you don't know you couldn't possibly know because right. you're gonna lie to yourself you're deceiving yourself the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things so you need to listen <laughs> to me I mean, that, that was thrown in your face any time you, like, tried to, like, walk around a criticism and go, well, I don't fully agree. You know, this is really the perspective. Like, this is what was really happening. And you could never get around it. Right. And, yeah, it's, like, completely messed up. I believe that as, as Christians, we should look out for one another. You know, we should try to keep our brothers and sisters from stumbling, you know, that's a part of being a Christian, but having a critical mindset and, you know, that being like a daily goal to see who you can criticize or call out sin. Um, that's right. unhealthy. That's, right. <laughs> that's so damaging to people and their spiritual walk with God. Right. When I was in um, counseling, post Gladstone with my biblical counselor after about a year. I don't know how this conversation came up, but he said, Christy, I don't treat you with kid gloves. He goes, I am constantly challenging you. I am constantly correcting you. I am constantly helping you refocus. I'm like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah. And he would give me examples. I was like, well, dang, if this is like true Christian correction, I can do this all day. 
but just don't text me and say, hey, listen, I need to talk to you in about five minutes, meet me in the greenhouse. Because I know in five minutes in the greenhouse, I'm about ready to go for two hours of being pistol whipped. Right. And that was my view of correction. And that's not the biblical yeah. way of doing it. Our yeah. heart is of love. And to lovingly help somebody that is in a struggle um, and to listen to them. Um, quite a few times I would say, but you don't understand the heart when I was in community. And people would look at me like, what do you mean their heart? That, that's irrelevant. No, it's very relevant because that's what yeah. God wants is our hearts. He doesn't mm-hmm. want behavior modification just so, yeah. you know, uh, this pops up in some other area of our right. life. He wants our hearts. Our hearts are the most important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our, our hearts are what drive us. I, I remember um, when, when I returned to community after being gone for four years, um, that I would describe the culture as behavior modification. Absolutely. 100%. And mm-hmm. I, I talked to a couple different people and even a couple elders about it. And my favorite response uh, <laughs> was I, I went to Sebastian and I was like, you know, I don't think behavior modification, like these are some of the things that I'm seeing here. And I don't think behavior modification really works because it doesn't address the heart. Like, you know, that's behavior modification just doesn't work. And his response was, that's interesting. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> I was like, that, okay, this is Jeremiah, that was so not a new concept to him. Um, he and I had had that conversation probably 20 times and and I think that we use the exact same wording, but his response one time to me is sometimes behavior modification can be a good thing. And I'm like, no, yeah, that's what the yeah, secular world does. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's never a good thing. And another thing like, um, with, along with the behavior modification, I I'm getting to the point of, I'm almost laughing at the things that they remove from people's lives because that's the cause of sin, a phone, mm-hmm. um, bathtubs, being alone, a car. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of things they continue to remove from people's lives, thinking that's going to correct the problem. And I'm like, the phone is not the problem. They do not know the full character of God. They don't know how much he loves them. And his kindness is actually what will lead somebody to repentance, not taking away their car. Boom. Exactly. exactly. That's what yep. we just talked about. It's God's kindness that leads to repentance. It's God, not mm-hmm. man. There's no rule. As, as much as they seem to talk about the Holy Spirit and, and his active role in their lives, what Gladstone appears to have done by all the testimonies we've had in podcasts is they have raised themselves up be, to become the third person of the God. They've become the Holy Spirit. They do his job. They work into people's lives and, and, and determine by whatever arbitrary standard you think that their own little peripheral personal quirks are, are, are an issue to the point where they have to be threatened. Listen, if you don't do as we say, uh, you know, God's going to remove his hand of protection. Over you. We're, we're, and 
worst of all, he, we, uh, we can kick you out. We can expel you. We have that ability. So what if, and you guys saw a lot of this. What you just said about God will remove his hand of protection. I think that that is so huge. And especially in people coming out, Um, Mm -hmm. some people that have come out, they didn't leave to, you know, have sexual immorality or leave to do heroin or whatever the stories are. But sometimes people have struggled a lot in, in different areas um, because the trauma that they've experienced and they don't have the emotional tools a lot of times to deal with that. Um, so they think that because they did whatever, um, maybe they had sex outside of marriage. Obviously, we're not condoning that, but they have come to believe that that was the one way ticket to hell and they cannot be good yeah. enough to be to do this christian thing and that's one of the most heartbreaking things that i hear yeah. over and over and over yeah 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 i think um the one of the biggest things lacking not necessarily from the doctrine of community but from the hearts and minds of the people of community is the concept of grace <laughs> Like, um, so many people do not understand grace because in the practical theology of community, there is no grace. Grace is not allowed or used. There is just harshness. Works. And, and yeah, you perform or consequences, perform or get a consequence, which is, is so misleading, uh, uh, you know, as leaders of a church, you're supposed to, you know, mimic the character of God to people because that's usually how people learn. Okay. If you say you're a godly man and you are, you know, cussing people out and, you know, having two hour long yelling sessions to tell someone how sinful they are, then I think intuitively that God is like that. Mm-hmm. And so then when, when you leave, you know, you have such a distorted picture of who God is that yeah. one, it can be very hard to even want to connect with God. You may feel Absolutely. completely rejected by God yeah. um, because you've been told that by leaders that you trust on your way out, or you just feel that way <laughs> on your own because you've never been taught how to deal with guilt and shame properly. You've only been taught to you know, confess and pray and you be a punching bag. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's so hard for people. And I think the fear of how hard it is to leave holds some people back. And definitely the things that they've heard over the years of how, yeah, you're going to be outside of God's favor. Um, You might be under some kind of curse like Cain was and, you know, like, you're definitely going to go to hell or, you know, you might get really, really close to dying or, you know, like all the threats and curses that they put on people, you know, right. And you hear about them. You hear about how people leave and you hear the way people talk and the way people talk is I'm unsure of their salvation now that they've left. Absolutely. Every single person, no matter why. Yeah. Yeah. And so everyone has that fear. They may want to leave 
and, and have thought about it for years, but the only thing holding them back is I don't want eternal damnation. And that's what they believe is going to happen if they leave. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's I totally did. wrong. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk to anyone who left and everyone has had the thought, if not seriously struggled with, am I damned to hell now I, because exactly. I left? And that's totally wrong. No human gets to make that determination. That's Yeah, that's, when I left, I... And that's what binds a lot of people, doesn't it? That, that bound you, Christy, right? Oh, absolutely. And then when I left, um, I, I believed at the time it was because I was evil. I was too broken, too damaged. All the lies that the enemy could have told me about my worthlessness, they reinforced. And so when I left, I came out with a very damaged um, perception of my identity as a child of God and who God was. I was believing a lot of those lies. And when I left, I thought, because that's what was told to me, that my opportunity to make it into heaven and spend eternity with my heavenly father, that was gone for me. But... I knew Jesus was the answer for other people. I know this sounds crazy, but so I would actually still share the gospel and, and talk to people about Jesus for them, although I'd lost my opportunity. And then eventually through counseling, I thought, well, maybe I'll be the janitor in heaven and I'll kind of slip through and God won't notice or something, but that'll be good. Um, and then, you know, through Christian counseling and, and really studying the Bible with um, a biblical counselor and him really going in on the full character of God and the misconceptions and the lies I was believing is where the healing actually started to take place. And um, there were some scriptures that like just blew me away. Like I had read them so many times, but then looking at it from with new eyes and, and prayer um, I've shared the the one in Genesis 3, 9, where Adam and Eve have just done the worst of the worst, you know, and they've corrupted the entire thing. And then God pursues them and he's calling out to them. And he, he wants that relationship again. I remember I bawled when I read that with new eyes and, and heard it with new ears and a new heart. Um, because I, I realized he, he still wanted a relationship with me. And that's the truth for people coming out of community and in community. Yeah. When you yeah. think about the, the relational side of God, that's so beautiful, Christy, and so healing. Um, because that's what he wants. That's the whole purpose of this whole thing <laughs> called yes. creation is he wants relationship. And when you make it about performance, you totally miss out on the relationship with God. And it's a totally different perspective. And, you know, thankfully, the Lord worked a lot with me um, in shifting my perspective when I was gone from community for four years. So Thanks then to God. come back into that, I was so concerned and so confused <laughs> because you know, I held everyone on such a pedestal um, and I had learned and connected with God so deeply that it was like, what is going on here? You know, and going way back to, you know, what you guys were saying about it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's like repentance isn't the way to gain favor with God. 
Right. Repentance is what happens naturally as a yes. part of experiencing the kindness of God. The severity of God doesn't lead you to repentance. No. The kindness of God does. And right. that concept is so lacking. And that's in the core of my being what hurts me the most about what's going on there is that yeah. so many people, they may believe it, but they don't know it. Mm. And, right. and that's what I want. <laughs> like, that's what I desire. That's, yeah. you know, I want, I want people to experience that because it's so freeing and it's, you know, it's, it's the way it's supposed to be. Because <laughs> what is at the heart of kindness? It's grace. Yeah. It's love. It's everything that First Corinthians 13 talks about. Love is what? Gentle, good, kind, patient, bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we make in, in those aspects of living a life that is patient, that bears with people, that, that, that loves them and accepts them regardless of who they are. It's out of that context that grace, God's undeserved kindness, is extended to us. You know, Paul wrote, wrote in Ephesians 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man shall boast. It is the gift of God. It's not what you do. It's not how many treads you street it's not how many uh, uh stair treads you did today uh on the workplace it's not how many meals you gave out to the poor it's got nothing to do with any of that but that's the but when people think that way it's works it becomes a performance and and this is exactly why gladstone is what it is it has made its gospel and i, I I'm, it's something that i'm going to be discussing more and i won't say any more after that but I'm doing an expose right now on that is going to be really, really as 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 detailed as I can about 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 the um, about the community. And one of the central parts is that is that is that this is exactly what Gladstone's done. They've created their own gospel. They've created their own culture based around working, based around labor, based around. Uh, absolute utter slavery 24 7 you're at a beck and call of a community of young men and women simply because you live there who can who can make you uh i mean of course no one's made but 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 it's out of what they put in your head they they you're compelled to slave away and do do be constantly doing something to prove your worth well that's interesting i have resisted um bringing this up because it's my son and I have a natural instinct to want to protect him. Um, but about two weeks before it all went really, really bad for me. Um, it was before he went to Guatemala. It was after lunch on a Sunday one day and Sebastian and I were just sitting there and I was like, Sebastian, the Lord has really put it on my heart that community's gotten off track. And he said, what do you mean, mom? And I said, and I gave him the scriptures and everything. I said, we have become a multi-million dollar um, industry of, of production. This is no longer 
about glorifying the God, uh, God. This is no longer an outflow of God's love. This has become production. And he was like, mom, me too. He had like the Holy Spirit had given him the same thing on the same weekend that he had given me. We had this very long discussion about it. So the Holy Spirit had actually convicted Sebastian on the exact same thing he had convicted me on. And I thought there was going to be change. And there wasn't change. And another thing you brought up is 1 Corinthians 13. I couldn't read that for over a year. Um, and I have learned from many people that have come out that they had the same experience. 1 Corinthians 13 was used to pistol whip me in my my three hours of hell um, when I had um, decided that I thought it was better to move Gabrielle out of common housing for her own health. Um, Zach took me through that line by line, telling me how I had fallen short of being loving. Um, and I had to, and he had me go through that line by line and confess where I hadn't been kind to my brothers mm. and sisters in community, or I hadn't been patient with my brothers and sisters in community. But I couldn't even read that. It took over a year of working with Paul to be able to read it. And it still gave me a lot of anxiety but I thought that I was the only one, but I've talked to many people that that exact same scripture has been used to pistol with them. And if we think about how the enemy works, it's perfect because we were built to be relational, relational with God. And this is exposing the heart of God. This is who he is. He is love. God is love. And Zach goes in and attacks that. Right. The and, most and foundational many. thing, the most foundational yeah. thing that should be behind community, behind people living and working together, sitting against one another, getting each other's nerves, using each other's toothpaste, whatever. That mm -hmm. should be the most basic thing to life is loving and forgiving and just dealing with it. But no, you're uh, wow. That's that's powerful, Christy. Uh, and I'm not took, saying he took, that. he took that verse apart to actually abuse you and manipulate you. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that like Zach, you know, is, is the devil incarnate. I mean, I've been used to hurt people. I'm, and I, you know, I've fallen short and I, I have hurt people and, you know, fallen right into an enemy narrative. So I'm not saying like, this isn't to attack Zach, but I'm saying like, wow, this is a ploy that the enemy has used from the beginning of time. And it, it it's very effective on our relationship right. with, with God and who we are as his children. Mm -hmm. um, I apologize. I have to move my car out of the way <laughs> because <laughs> my wife has to leave. So okay. I'll, I'll be right back. All right. Okay. Go right ahead, Jeremiah. We'll be, we'll be here. It's okay. It, it's, it's sad, Christy, because, and, that, and again, but that doesn't surprise me. This is what you hear about in any culture group, whether they live together or not all the time where the love of God, uh, with with a with, with a power of love, is is turned into a love of power. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. exactly what goes on, and in, in in the work I've done in this expose, I've done a lot, a I lot know. of interviewing of a lot of people, uh, all the way back through 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 Zach's life and other places. <laughs> it's it's this is this is going to be probably one of the, one of the, one of the deepest dives into a cult I think I've ever done 
but let, let's 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 not bandy things about this this has this has turned into a cult because zach kajinsky has become a cult leader he has applied all the wiles that such men do that the scripture tells us mm-hmm. about and and uh and the, the the bible is very clear on how cults work uh, people don't realize that when they when they're taught to just read the same several verses and of and the same thing every day the same pattern and and are never and are get are made to be so busy they never have time to sit back how much time Christy did people have to sit back and read the Bible on their own and when they oh, did when they did they were always only to read certain things right well even if they were encouraged to read it. Um, and there was time in your schedule every morning. I think it was like some people, I think it was more 20 minutes, 30 minutes that we were to spend time with God or whatever. It's, it's scheduled in there. Um, but here is a term that I just recently heard. Um, and I think it explains it all. It's like being in an echo room. So we keep hearing the same interpretations. We keep hearing the same twist on scripture over and over we hear it from every different direction because it's so insulated um like if you let's say you move in and you bring like 200 books leadership will literally go through those books and throw most of them away because it's not in alignment with what they want to teach um i know that one time molly was condemned or corrected for listening to christian rap because that wasn't worship music so there's very little room to get to hear different perspectives and to wrestle through that. It is an echo chamber. We just keep hearing the same thing. For, right. It just bounces off walls. It's, it's the classic picture of where if you repeat a lie long enough, if enough people start getting into and repeating that lie with you long enough, pretty, pretty soon uh, a lie becomes the truth. It's just exactly that's human. That's human nature, and that's what goes on in cults. Cults will say, you know, the the like 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 I've, I say in a in a recent podcast, I I, I shared from a recent podcast, uh, the thought that that cults may be based on the premise that let's say the moon is made of green the the moon is made of green cheese, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's the ultimate truth, okay. Well, you may believe that against any evidence you may have to the contrary. Or, or maybe your own tradition, or maybe your own persuasion. You may think that the moon is made of green cheese. That's fine. That's that's your choice. But in in a place like Gladstone, if they were to, if Zach was to tell you that the moon was made of green cheese, or any sort of a doctrine, uh, it's what is done in Gladstone, in the community, among the elders, among the socializing, which you're exposed to 24 hours a day, exactly. seven days a week. It's what you're exposed to that makes you think the moon is made of green cheese. That's the difference. That's why places like Glaston are indeed cultic. Mm-hmm. I have seen this same dynamic over and over and over again in so many groups. All but my also, life. And people like are constantly on social media. How do people get involved in this stupid stuff? You know, um, and just like they have to be stupid, they have to be desperate. Um, and anybody that does research will will find that that's not that is not the case. Mm-hmm. But I loved this one thing, and I know that a lot of people had heard it, but I had never heard it. How to boil a frog? 
if you want to boil a frog, you don't drop them in boiling water because they'll jump out, but you just put them in the cold water and you slowly turn up the temperature. I thought, wow, that was like, it was, a, it was a mind blow for myself because I was like, how did I do this? Because I didn't go in as, you know, like an atheist or whatever. I went in, you know, having followed Jesus for years, um, having been discipled. And I was like, how did this happen to me? And then I heard the the frog thing, and I was like, exactly. and, if it, and if it happens to you, Christy, someone who has followed the Lord as faithfully as she can all these years, what does that say about all the young men and women who, who, who don't have a grip on life, who are still figuring things out, and they come to the, this beautiful, shiny place like Gladstone and their Bible studies and their get-togethers, and they come to and they're and they're loved on. And, and, and the love bombing, which is a real thing in which everybody just absolutely swarms you to smother you with positive regard, that goes on. And you suddenly, you're, you're made to feel like, well, this is a dream come true. And, and well, that's, I'll tell you what that's where, that's where the frog starts to find the yeah. water temperature start to rise. And a lot of times for those people that had no relationship with the Lord or no prior teaching, community becomes their direct connection with Jesus. And once they either get kicked out or they leave because they it's become unbearable, um, their connection with Jesus is gone, or they think. Yeah. Um, and they really, really struggle at that point. And that's why people think they're going to go to hell if they leave this church. Mm-hmm. What can you speak to that? What, what, what can you, Jeremiah? What, what have you found? What, what, how do you, how do people who are considering leaving or are struggling with that? What, what do you say to them? Well, uh, that's a long conversation. That's what I say. <laughs> right. Um, We've touched on it already. So yeah, and it's just so complex. Like considering leaving touches every part of your beliefs and your emotions and your social connections and your work and your finances and your livelihood and your transportation and your living arrangements and it, it touches everything and so it's i mean earlier i was touching on the, the more spiritual side the the oppressive feeling that i'm gonna go to hell if i leave mm -hmm. um but it's it's so much bigger than that and, and so really the to make it really short <laughs> the best thing that i could say to someone who wants to leave is god will still love you mm -hmm. and there's plenty of people who love god that will love you and support you and there's a whole network of people now who can help and give you know, help with living arrangements or transportation or jobs or, you know, all that, all that stuff. So there, I just want people to know that they, they're loved. And if they, if they need something, they can just reach out to any one of us. Right. And, and, you know, we would be there ASAP. Yeah, and you started a website where you where that's become a focal point. Uh, maybe you can talk about that for a second. 
Yeah, I'm sure I'm one of Zach's favorite people. Um, <laughs> no, I know you're I, not. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, at, at one point, this is kind of funny, um, not to be picking on Zach too much, but uh, at one point, Zach had told me early on, he said, I'm your friend and I am always going to be your friend no matter what. And I think about that and laugh now because he didn't even have enough courage to come and talk to me when I was leaving the community. Like, okay, some friend, sure, buddy. (laughs) But anyways, um, yeah, I created uh, gladstoneexposed.com. There, there needs to be awareness. People need to have a place where they can reach out and, find out the truth about what's going on, you know, behind the mask. And Mm. it's so important. It's important for pure, for people's spiritual lives and their physical lives. And so many people I've found just need, uh, validation. They -hmm. just need to know, Oh, somebody else out there. Oh, a whole group of people out there also have had the same thoughts or experiences that I have. Absolutely. Um, because feeling isolated with, with no help and no hope is, is a very horrible place to be. And so I wanted to create something where um, people could land, you know, friends, family, current members, former members, whatever, uh, concerned citizens in the neighborhood, you know, whatever. People could at yeah. least have something. And, and I think it's been very successful so far Good in, in Good. raising that awareness and, and getting people connected to the help they need. So Great. That's great to hear. So there is life beyond Gladstone, and it, it doesn't have to involve, uh, you know, that kind of work gospel. There's a gospel of grace, the grace that, the yes. grace that originally attracted people. And that's the, that's the really wicked thing about how places like Gladstone exist is that they can use it in their teaching and preaching say, and say so much about grace and love and kindness and, and inclusion, et cetera, et cetera. And yet when you get down into it, you become emotionally and spiritually and socially involved and invested in it, you find it's just the opposite. You are made to feel like you're 150 pounds of sin in a popsicle stick that just needs to be purged uh, continually. Like as if the you know you some of you mentioned the scripture the iron sharpening iron scripture in where where oh goodness yeah. Where, a, where yeah where a person is where the tension between people is meant to be a, a, a formative influence that's what that scripture means but they've taken that to an entirely different degree it's got nothing to do with God it's got everything to do with them making you manipulating you using God and Jesus. It also justifies a lot of their actions and behaviors. Um, a lot of times, yeah. like they they purposely will put people in with a plan. I mean, there's there's meetings that go on about this, about putting people in difficult situations, um, about rearranging their room, about taking their stuff and taking them down to four cubbies or whatever, so they can learn iron sharpens iron. Learn to cling to Jesus. Well, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has been doing this a long time. He's really, really good at his job. And I don't need another human to make my life more difficult so I can cling to Jesus. So there are actually meetings 
staff meetings. They're actually leadership meetings where people are trained on the fine art of manipulation and control. One summer, it was really my job to make a bunch of women's life a living hell. Um, I was taking, you know, I'm going to start. This is not to condemn anybody, but there was a woman. She is married to an elder. She was running the child care. And I was told, you know, she needs to come to the end of herself. She needs to teach this cooking class and you need to make it happen. Beth, you know, she's homeschooling. She's not being involved in the community. She's sitting and watching videos all day. You need to make her do such and such or, you know, and I can say this because Lauren and I have discussed this many times and Praise God, Lauren and I's relationship. How she loves me, I don't know. Because it was my job to make Lauren do things that were absolutely contrary to her nature and not in a patient way. It was, Lauren, as of today, you're going to show up at work on time. You are not going to feed your kids breakfast at Mom Central. You have to get this, 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 this done. And it now immediately. I mean, I was, I mean, I made people, you know, it was brandy. I mean, and when I would go to shy and say, shy, I'm getting pushback. They're not going to do it. Shy would say, it is your job to make it happen. Yes. There oh are many things that would um, take place. That's consistent. Um, and, and then yeah. when people are coming out and they haven't worked directly with Zach or they haven't worked directly with leadership or they haven't been in leadership they don't know all of this that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they suffer in a different way because they are suffering from the, the results of it or the, you know, there's meetings on why Lauren can't hang out with Bobby and Amber because mm-hmm. they're immature Christians. There are multiple meetings on that. It's micromanagement. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's exactly. But, but Lauren didn't know why that or how that came about and why Bobby had to sneak to hang out with Lauren and her kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy, Christy. But I was part of those meetings. I know they take yeah. place. Right. Yeah. And and that's just a tip of the iceberg. And and we and we've tried and we've shown aspects of that in our podcasts. We're I'll be discussing more of it in our expose, but the podcasts were what we just felt we needed to get out for people to understand that this group in, in, um, in, in Cincinnati, the Gladstone community church, which became now what the Madison place community church, which owns several businesses, which they are taking all the profits and running into what they call their common purse to supposedly run everything. Uh, there's a lot more going on to that than, than people really want to see. And, uh, and it's, and as you've mentioned, it's become a giant cash cow, if anything. And, and so, so right now, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to need to start winding up here because uh, we have a little bit of limited time here, but in the year that's gone on since we've had these podcasts come out and we started mentioning these things. Um, now there was a 2006 article or no, was it 2006? No, 2016. 16. Article yeah. That the that the Cincinnati Magazine did, which which is what I which what initially caught my eye, as I started researching when this uh, former member's friend contacted me. It's the only thing that's that's anywhere it, 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 apart from Reddit posts 
And uh, of course, uh, Zach's own self-anointing, self-congratulatory uh, discussions of, of his church and, and his activity on another website. Uh, there isn't much of anything in, in, influence. So we're, we're trying to, to build, to bridge that gap in the year we've tr- contributed in the year we've watched uh, what's been going on. Can you speak to how things might've changed there? What's going on there in some ways? I know, I, I know this is a very sensitive point, but uh, we understand that it's, it's become above, above the normal level of, of chaos <laughs> that that's that's barely controlled there uh, in terms of keeping people going it's gotten a lot more frantic there at gladstone in this past year uh would you agree with that absolutely um if we get a chance before we end is why i would like to address why some ex-members can't contact us um but to address absolutely first, you have the floor now <laughs> go but for it to address your 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 first point um, we have heard, I've heard multiple times since the podcast. I mean, literally I have been contacted from people all over the world. Um, not to mention all over the United States. Um, we know that some interventions have taken place. Um, we know some very difficult conversations have taken place within families. Um, I have heard from multiple people that the podcast have really, really hurt them um, in multiple ways. Um, I don't really know specifics. Um, I know that um, people that witness things that um, weren't legal and have reported those to governing agencies. And I don't know where those investigations are at this point um i know that some people had witnessed some things that they believed were abusive towards children um i know those reports had to be investigated immediately um and just to make clear we're not saying sexual abuse or or things like that um or you know i don't know of any kids put in in closets like sam was as an adult um but I just want to say that people have witnessed um, a physical abuse um, and they've reported those to different agencies. We know that. Um... Jeremiah, you go ahead. I don't know what I can say right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is kind of hard to, to speak to some of those things. Right. Um, right. Uh, I, I think Christy gets a little better of a pulse of what's going on um, inside the community. Um, I, I know a few things and right. I'm trying to decide if I can it, speak to those. <laughs> if you can, so it's like, don't feel I, like you're on the spot. I mean, I, I no, just for sure. I need for discretion and propriety. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do think though that, um, Cause I, you know, I hear like little whispers of things and, you know, the way that the podcasts are perhaps being perceived by members of the community mm-hmm. and how the elders are reacting to it. And I can tell you without a doubt, um, the elders reactions are essentially just to 
discredit our character, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which in 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 philosophy and in in logic, it's not an acceptable response in an argument to attack someone's character. It's called a failure of logic, and it's uh, called ad hominem, which means against the man, and it. It basically the principle is you can't say what someone else is saying is false by attacking that person. You have to go with the facts. And I guarantee you they are not fighting what we're saying with facts. They're just saying, oh, that person's a liar. Oh, that person has, you know, rejected the Lord and you can't trust what they have to say. Or that person is full of sin and... Yeah, or that person is just bitter the way they were treated or whatever. It's like, I'm not bitter. I just recognize it's wrong. Like, and that's the fact. (laughs) Yeah, like that's the fact. Like the way they treat people is wrong. The way they communicate the gospel is wrong. It's not biblical. They will craft arguments that twist scripture and say that it is biblical. The way that they do things, you know, they have... (laughs) you know, a proof text for everything that they do. Um, But if you take the whole of scripture and the character of God, and even not even the whole of scripture, let's just take Galatians. And you look at community versus what the book of Galatians says. It's not biblical what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are facts. And, And so if I have the pulse on anything, it's that. I don't know how much discussion is going on between the leadership and just your average member as far as if they're like prepping people like, hey, these podcasts are out there, you know, don't listen to them or mm-hmm. you can listen to them, but, you know, it's really sad. They're just, you know, sad, bitter people that are angry with us and they're spreading lies. And, you know, I don't know how that gets communicated, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've even, um, I, I honestly, when I heard Sam's podcast, I was, I was crushed because I was there at the time that when she refers to the woman that was basically abused spiritually and, and emotionally for five hours at the hands of Zach and Brian Roselli, yeah. um, I was there at the time and after I, and I, I know all about it. Why I know all about it, I don't know, but everybody was talking about it, so everybody knew. Um, And I actually heard it from Zach. Zach told me what happened, and I didn't challenge him on it. But at first when I heard it, I was very – her house leader, in my opinion, is a very godly woman. And I've always seen her as gentle and kind and loving and I've had a lot of respect for her house leader. And in an instant, I was angry with her. I was like, why didn't she stop this? Why didn't she protect the girl in question? Yeah. And then it came back on me. And I was like, why didn't I say anything? Why didn't anybody say anything? Because this is wrong. So I reached out to the person and I texted them. And I said, you know what? I knew it was wrong. And I am so sorry. Yeah. And she reacted the exact same way that anybody I've reached out to, to ask forgiveness from, um, she said that, well, she was very angry that I would even say anything about it, but, um, 
her response was typical. I needed it. It helped me. I want to say emphatically abuse, uh, spiritual, physical, emotional, sexual abuse never, ever, ever helps anybody. And it is mm-hmm. never, ever biblical. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I want to leave just a word here. I'm, I'm going to give you guys the final final thoughts here because I, I we need to wrap this up. I want to read something once again. It's my go-to when I read the Bible about places like Gladstone, men like Zach, Brian, and all the rest of them. Sebastian, I hope you guys are listening. There's a little there's a little bit of exegesis you need to hear here. The word of the Lord came to me saying, "Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel." Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks, the weak you've not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor have you bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you've ruled them. So we, we're not even going to argue that point. That's what we've seen. It's what we've been discussing. Uh, this is something that, unfortunately, too many churches and ministries and people and parents and families don't see readily, but they see the effects. Mm. And how they handle those effects has ranged across, across the board. There's been uttered from, from absolute horror and shattered faith and feeling to those who completely deny it and pretend it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's not going on. They're just a little right. off. You know? But I want to read something that you guys need to, need to be also aware of. As, as it goes on, Ezekiel 34, pull out your Bible. I dare you to read this. I dare you to read this next time you guys come together, next Thursday night. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became food for every beast of the field. And because there was no shepherd, nor did they search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and didn't flee my flock. Therefore, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Now, the Lord repeats himself twice. You better listen. You boys better be listening. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. God's against you. Not me. Not the ex-members. God is against shepherds who misrule. Thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds and I'll require my flock at your hand. I will cause them. Now here's the point. I'm going I'm to stop here and let you guys give, give the last word here. I will cause them to cease feeding. I will, uh, I will cause them to cease feeding. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep. The shepherds shall feed themselves no more. And I will deliver my flock from their mouths that they may no longer be food for them. I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scared on a cloudy and a dark day. I hope you young men are looking above every single property you have in out in, in, in Ohio, out in the woods where you're shooting your guns. I don't care where you're at, what you're doing regarding all that you do, every property. Look up above the skies. Those are clouds that you're going to see. As on those cloudy days, God says he's going to move, and he's going to remove people from your grasp. They're coming out. People are going to be leaving. 
things are going to happen in the next year or two that are going to are going to open your eyes and you have one of two choices you can either fall on your knees and repent and 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 take a good look at yourselves or you can harden your hearts and just and just face the hard hand of god's righteous outreach jeremiah christy do you have any last words you'd like to share with us uh yeah i just real briefly um, because I picked on Zach and the elders so much during this uh, live stream, I just want to offer, you can call me anytime. Mm -hmm. I, I would really actually enjoy mm -hmm. a call um, or an email or a text or a letter in the mail um, to tell me your thoughts. If you think I'm I'm spewing falsehood or whatever your ideas are about me. I would really appreciate if you had the courage to tell me instead of just, you know, spreading what you think without actually testing what you believe about yeah, what's good. being said about you. I, yeah. I would welcome that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I care. And, I want to, I want to see good things happen. I mean, I would love for them um, to take a hard look at things and, and yeah. change and repent and return to the true gospel Absolutely. and give, give yeah. freedom to their members and, and actually feed them, um, you know, good spiritual food. Uh, that's, that's my ultimate goal and what I want. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to tell as many people as I can to stay away from them because they're yeah. unhealthy and ungodly. But mm -hmm. I welcome mm -hmm. I welcome the opportunity to talk to anybody there Connection. who yes. who wants to challenge what anything I've said or my story or or anything. I'm always available. I definitely I I am the same. Um, I will say that when Jeremiah started the, there's a private group for just ex members and you have to be an ex member to be in this group on Facebook. You can't even find it. But when he started that, I had, to, I reached out to him and I'm like, I don't know if I should be a part of this because I know there've been leadership meetings called about me. I know that my character has been shredded, um, and it might inhibit people from seeking helpers or you know seeking community outside of community if i'm involved um jeremiah really helped me through that and maybe he can speak on that again um we know what has been said about us we know the people that have said things and it's it's okay it's okay if you believe the lie it's okay if you if you continue the lie about us um if you if you bought into it, if you said horrible things about it, I've had people call me crying, asking for forgiveness because of the things that they said about me or the things that they believed about me. It's okay. It, I'm not offended at all. There's no shame. Um, we seek restoration. Um, every Thursday night, anybody that wants to can be involved in a prayer group. Our heart's desire is repentance. There could be, it's an, a beautiful opportunity if they chose to repent um, and, and start helping people heal through these. Yeah. I like, I love it that they're doing this new thing that people are allowed to see their families more often. 
um, without handlers, as it's been said. I encourage every family member that has contacted me, now is the time. If you haven't seen your kid, you have, you know, relationship has been cut off, right now is the time. Call your kids, set up a time, or your sister or your friend or whatever, because right now is the time they're allowing this. I have not heard anybody say we were wrong um, in doing it the other way, but it's a beautiful thing. And God is using it to restore relationships. Um, a bridge is a bridge. Yeah. But yeah. Jeremiah, if you, you really, really helped me through that. If you, if you want to address, you know, the steering of the conscience to be able to contact us. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, uh, just, just real simply, you know, like we're still the same people we were when you knew us <laughs> like, uh, we have maybe some different views or have, see things a little bit differently than you know we did when we were living amongst the community members but we're still the same people that laugh and have fun and joke and love the lord and worship and cry and all the things <laughs> that a human does like we're just we're just humans we we love jesus we love all of you right Mm -hmm. Um, and it it really stinks in this kind of situation that no matter what we say it's going to feel like an attack there's i've just made peace with it there's no way around it can't get around Uh, that yeah we just can't we're trying to do our best to love Mm -hmm. all of you and you know it may take you some time to see that but Right. You know, the door is always open. I, I mean, I don't care what's been said about me or what you've believed about me. You don't even have to tell me what you, you've you heard or said. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you just want to talk mm-hmm. or you have concerns or I feel, I feel the same way and you want to talk to me, no judgment. <laughs> like, I'm right. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I, it's water under the bridge. I know how right. that stuff happens in the community and it's, it's not, good but it's okay right mm-hmm. I'm, and okay. I'm the same i'm not of the same cloth i may have had never been in community but it doesn't matter it feels like i've been there with a few days after reading some of the stuff that i've read and talked to some of the people i've talked to about gladstone it's like i i understood where zach and where he came from and what he did and and how the community works it, it's all so much the same but i feel the same way uh, you know i'm not your enemy none of no one here is your enemy everybody here are the best friends that you that you, that you've never known everyone here and that's has zach and the elders as well oh, well yeah that's yeah, what yeah, I'm absolutely. Down from absolutely. Zach on. i don't hate zach no. i have to view him with, yeah, with neither do I. this with but this scripture does make clear that in the roles that he's chosen to go ahead and accept and bask in and live by. And, and, and there are, there are things in the new Testament, the old Testament in that Bible, which speak to, 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 to false shepherds, false brethren, angels of light. That's harsh. That affects people's feelings, but I'm sorry. I didn't write the Bible. I have to go mm-hmm. by what it says, but I don't hate Zach. I don't hate anyone, Mm-mm. but I have to make clear that they stand clearly in the eye of God judgment according to what we've just read. And not only is he going to judge for what you've done, you the, the people that you that you're trying to get a hold of, uh, they're gonna be God's going to take them. 
they're going to start slipping away from you. So your empire, right. your the little kingdom that you've created is going to be required of you. And I don't hate them, but I have to tell them, look, you need to repent. That's the way out. That's, that's what we've been talking about. God's kindness leads to repentance. These podcasts are God's kindness. I don't care what anybody thinks about them either, <laughs> Jeremiah. I haven't ever cared. I, I've been doing this so long. I've got a pretty thick, pretty thick shell. I don't care what anybody thinks what I say about these things. I'm not trying not to be mean. I'm not trying to be manipulative. Uh, I was told the other day that by someone in the know that uh, that there there's some people who are family members of ex-members who think I'm pretty vicious and I lead people around telling them what to speak, telling them what to say. Never done such a thing. You guys come on. You've said your you've had you shared been your narrative. It's the same narrative I've heard from so many, and I'm ready to talk to anyone that wants to about it either. So we're looking forward to seeing what God is going to continue to do in the year to come. Jeremiah and Christy, thank you so very, very much for coming on. And we hope yeah, maybe thank you. we hope to continue these live streams. Uh, we like to have more people on. And so um, I'd like to have Zach on. I'd love to have Absolutely. Sebastian. I'd love to have you. We're open for yeah. a discussion of what you do. I yeah, mean, absolutely. I mean, but it'll, it, we we're, look, I'm, I know it's never going to happen, but who knows? Who knows, Zach? God may speak to you in the midnight hour. And if he does, you better listen because uh, the day is coming. The cloudy days that I've mentioned that you're going to see over the roofs of all your properties. Those cloudy days are going to be, are going to be reminders of what God is fixing to do. Thank you so much, guys, for the time tonight. Uh, it's time this evening or whatever whatever time it is. Thank you once again for coming out. And uh, we look forward to seeing more people come on. And uh, may, may God speak out to anyone listening. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you. Always question the information you receive. If it is in fact the truth, then it should be able to withstand the test of investigation.